Guys that are really good and, and, and they normally take this step by their third year, Skip, you've heard a lot of people say this, by their third year. As a Hemi for arm. Stepping up middle of the field. First down and more. Josh Allen weaving to the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Allen, end zone shot. Got a man. Caught for the touchdown. He's a real threat. Down in the red zone, wherever. amazing what's going on guys this is eli fox the host of the all day buffalo podcast and i am coming here with a little bit of a post record because my guy caveman came on earlier this week and we chopped it up about everything bills football everything bills training camp we talked about aaron Rodgers. we talked about just about everything you want to hear about so you do not want to miss this episode but i wanted to give a little bit of intro and to shout out my guys um, over on the BIB network. So please, if you have any time, any extra time in your week, in your weekend, please hop on over to the Built in Buffalo podcast network on either Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcasts, find us there and you will not be disappointed. We got great content dropping every day. Make sure to check out Caveman's videos on YouTube. He was an amazing guest. So please, Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode, and thank you for stopping by the All Day Buffalo podcast. Love y'all. Go Bills and enjoy. All right, what's going on, guys? We are here with the Caveman. Uh, caveman, what's going on, man? How are you, man? I'm happy to be on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm uh, glad you are here. Uh, so let's get started with uh, asking you what you do for BIB uh, and uh, where, where, where we can find you. Sure. So um, I run a personal channel. I'll start with that. Uh, it's called The Caveman, as you could probably assume. I have my own personal channel on YouTube. But for Built in Buffalo, I do pre-recorded videos every Wednesday. And I just started up a, a live show, actually, with my guy, Justice General. We do that every Wednesday. So Wednesdays are the days you can usually find me. It seems like I just kind of put those pieces together. But I do you know live shows, pre-recorded stuff, a little behind-the-scenes stuff for BIB, a little bit of everything, you know, just like Eli does. Everybody does their part on the team, right? Yeah, it's a very cohesive unit. I feel like everyone's got not just one job, but like, you know, a couple little extra jobs that they do. So I, I like that about BIB. Um, but let's get right into it. Um, we're we're going to talk some training camp because today 
Uh, we are recording this on a Wednesday and it was day one of training camp. Uh, so training camp has begun and day one was just as awesome as I could have imagined, to be honest. Um, so I, I just kind of want to go over some of the storylines from day one first before we get talking about it. So I will start with uh, Bill's QB, Josh Allen, misfiring on a couple early throws towards the end zone, but he also fits some perfect passes into small windows, um, including a, a beautiful pass to Cole Beasley that split two defenders. So that was exciting for me to hear. Um, backup QB, Mitch Trubisky, continuing his success from minicamp. Uh, he showed athleticism, patience, accuracy, and he had a notable touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. Uh, next up, Matt Breida showed off quick cut ability um, and impressed coaches and others that were in attendance. Uh, Reggie Gilliam is listed as a fullback. He went from tight end last year to a fullback now. I think he's kind of been flip-flopping. Um, and then Dawkins and Botger, both on the COVID list after testing positive. I believe that they have to be in a small 10-day quarantine uh, because of that. And Jerry Hughes arrives to camp with a minor calf injury. Uh, Brandon Bean said it was, you know, nothing serious. So it's nothing to get too worried about. Um, and all these notes were from Sal Capaccio. So uh, thank you to him for sharing these so we can have a little uh, inside glimpse of what is happening uh, at training camp because we can't be there every day. So Caveman, what do you think about uh, those notes? And if you saw any videos, whatever, your first impressions on uh, day one of training camp? Um, you know, obviously, I think it's nice to hear that Josh Allen just, you know, doing Josh Allen things. Uh, the What you mentioned about Matt Breida was something that I thought was interesting because I read that on Twitter myself. That struck me as a little bit surprising because I, for one, was somebody that was excited to bring in Matt Breida. But at the same time, as, you know, the months, months kind of move forward, I kind of was starting to feel like Matt Breida was just kind of an add-on to push Zach Moss and Devin Singletary a little bit. So I was just kind of assuming he really wasn't get, going to get much of a role in this offense. But hearing right off the bat on the first day that he was kind of impressing, you know, it kind of gets my hopes up that maybe we'll be seeing him in the mix a little more than I originally thought. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, but I think that there's a, a potential running back battle that is going to be a little bit hotter than a lot of Bills Mafia might have assumed just like two weeks ago. Um, so that that is exciting to see Matt Breida showing off some uh, skills that we didn't really think or really even want him to have. You know, I think we were all yeah. kind of set with Motor or Moss, and um, if Breida's going to come in and do his thing and, and, and show us that he's not just a camp body or just like a third stringer, um, I got no problems with that. Mm -hmm. uh, something that struck me, um, at least, was backup QB Mitch Trubisky. I, I love to hear yeah. that he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's coming out hot already. Um, a touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. That's always nice to hear. Um, athleticism, patience, accuracy, all great things you want in your quarterback. I think it's only going to benefit him to work behind Josh Allen. I also saw a tweet that Josh Allen said that Mitch Trubisky is becoming one of his best friends <laughs> oh, wow. already. It just, it just seems <laughs> like uh, Josh Allen's that type of guy that he's going yeah, to be friends with anybody. Um, so I think that'll be really good for him. And I wish him all the success. I mean, I, I, I kind of hope we don't have to see him on the Bills field uh, only because that would mean that Josh Allen would get hurt. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, if he can show out in preseason and uh, maybe get some looks for after the season, I think that he deserves it. He deserves a way better shake than he got in Chicago. Um, so I think, you know, that him coming here is a very good thing for him. So anything else on that? Um, I do want to say that I, I think the cornerback battle will kind of, you know, obviously that's been the hottest topic going into training camp. That will be something to watch. Um, but I just don't want it to overshadow all of the other things that are going on. You know, the left guard battle, I feel like, is something that's not necessarily flying under the radar, but it definitely won't get 
as much attention as the cornerback battle will. But I, I, I truly think the cornerback battle will be almost less of an issue just because I feel like the guys that we have will almost become interchangeable. And as far as the left guards go, you know, that'll be something we really need to watch because we're going to the season, assuming our run game is going to be better. That means all five guys need to be on the same page. And, you know, we don't necessarily know who's going to be plugged into that spot. We all like to assume Cody Ford, but I think that battle is going to be one that we actually really need to pay attention to, you know, that we might not be expecting. Yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect segue into what we were going to talk about next um, is that left guard battle. Uh, we got Ford, Cody Ford, uh, Forrest Lamp and Ike Bacher, who, yes, is on the COVID list right now, but he will be fine. Um, I think, yes, I think I completely agree with you. This one is going to fly under the radar but it's going to be really, really important to the team's success. Um, I think that all three of these guys are actually pretty decent options too. Mm. Now, I don't think that we're as, you know, I don't think if we go with Bacher or if we go with Lamp or Ford, I don't think that we're going to be losing big time on anybody. Um, I think that if the best guy wins, the best guy wins. And I can trust that the coaching staff is making the best decision for the team. Um, so if you have a, maybe a guess on who you think might win the left guard battle, who do you think it could be? Um, I'm going to give uh, – I'm going to probably give it to Cody Ford just because I think it's it's something that I think Bean and McDermott want to work out. You know, he's they're a guy – or he's a guy that they brought in that's been on the roster. He's kind of their own guy. You know, I think it, you're always going to give your own guy that first opportunity. And even if he may, maybe necessarily gets outworked during training camp, I still think they'll give him that nod as far as week one goes. I, I do think it'll take a lot for him not to get that job. I truly do. I think it's his job to lose at this point in time. I think that's absolutely right. And I mean, the fact that Brandon Bean and McDermott are the ones that drafted Cody Ford, I think right. that is also going to play into the fact that they're basically going to give him every chance that they possibly can absolutely. to get him in the lineup. And, you know, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't been, you know, what we expected, but he's also had a lot of injury issues and maybe stuff that you can't, you can't like tag on him. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd like to see what happens with him uh, this season. I think that, I think that he has the potential to be really good in that spot. Um, I would just like to see him play for a full season, you know, um, and, and that, that would be perfect. Um, but I'm really interested in Forrest Lamp. Uh, if I had any hot take to give um, about any of these, uh, you know, position battles, it would be that Forrest Lamp might be the week one starter Interesting. Um, at that spot. I, I So he had some pretty bad injuries, uh, injury history prior to last year. And then last year he played a full season – um, for the first time and only allowed two sacks on a really bad Chargers mm. um, offensive line. And so I think that kind of goes to show that Forrest Lamp might be, you know, like in isolation, a, a really good guard. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take him off that line, put him next to Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morse. I think that that could be almost a match made in heaven. And maybe I, I hope it is. Um, but I kind of like, I don't know. I, 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 I do like Ford and I kind of hope he gets his chance. But I I would kind of like to see a lamp Bachter Ford yeah one two three mm. yeah and that that and that might be hot and maybe no one else is saying that and maybe I'm stupid for saying it no but <laughs> but I, I I think that that's just gonna be a fun um fun you know like sleeper position battle because no one really thinks about the big guys in the trenches um until you kind of have to and until until they're playing bad then you start to think about right them. so I'd like to see these guys play well um and whoever it is. I just want to see them play well because that's going to honestly run our offense. Um, if, if it's going to run well, it's going to run through the, the offensive line, whether that's passing or running. 
Absolutely. And I, I do just want to say, I don't think your I don't think your take is anything that you should be called stupid for saying by any means at all, because it is a battle for a reason. You know, if it, it, they wouldn't be calling it a battle if any of these guys weren't up for the job. So they all they're all in the running. Right. But yeah. I do just hope that we I, you know, I talked about this in one of my videos earlier, earlier in the month that whoever it is ends up being the guy. Right. As long as he like it, I feel like. You know, you bring in a guy into that starting five, you really need chemistry, communication. You need to mold it all together on the offensive line and shifting guys in and out, shifting guys in other positions for any other reason that's not an injury concern. I think that will just hurt the offensive line. You know, if, you know, whoever it is, Cody Ford or Ike or, you know, Forrest Lamp, whoever's the week one starter, I I would hope that it would take them to be really underperforming for them to be pulled because I think it's important that all five guys are always playing together. The chemistry's there. You know, I I just hope it's a consistent basis if you get what I'm trying to say here. Oh, I I absolutely get what you're saying. I mean, like we saw last year what discontinuity can can do to an offensive line. I mean, our offensive line shouldn't have struggled the way that it did at certain times uh, because there was injuries. uh, They were shifting it around all the time. And it seemed like at least the running backs uh, for the best example, I think, didn't know what to do because they had a bunch of offensive linemen that had no continuity, no like real chemistry. Um, and I think that plays into a successful offensive line big time. It, it's maybe even more than uh, individual talent. I think if you guys can work together because they are, you know, one big unit. If they can work together, then your offensive line can be great no matter the talent. Yeah, that's, that, that's you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I was kind of struggling to figure out how I wanted to put it, but you're right. I think I would 100% be taking, you know, a, a line that works together better you know, better together instead of just a couple guys that are good individually. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, from there, we can go on to the cornerback battle if you have nothing else to say. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. So next up is the cornerback battle. We got Dane versus Levi. Uh, we all know that Trey White is going to lock down his side, um, but it is very unsure uh, to most of Bill's Mafia who is going to be CB2. Uh, we, we Some of us wanted a CB2 in the draft. Uh, after we didn't take a, you know, a clear cut CB2 in the draft, people wanted, you know, Steven Nelson, Richard Sherman, um, all these free agent guys. Um, that didn't happen. So now we have Dane versus Levi. Uh, we can kind of, I think, boil it down to that. And I don't think that's going to change um, until we figure out who's CB2. So yeah. uh, who do you think, Dane or Levi? Uh, uh, man, it's it's so tough because I, I really think that they they really like both of these guys a lot, obviously, because they didn't bring anybody else to take their spots. It, it's it, it truly is going to come down to how they perform in camp. And it's just, you know, like I was saying earlier, how I think, you know, they, they might give Cody Ford an extra couple chances because that's who their guy is. They brought him in. You know, that's their guy. But, you know, as far as the cornerback battle goes, like they, they like both of these guys a lot. And it's really hard for me as of right now to sit here and tell you who I actually think is going to take that spot i guess i think i would just dane i think dane will be my final answer but it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a toss it's truly just a toss-up honestly it, it is a toss-up this is a really tough one because i think this is going to be one that we're going to have a lot better idea of once training camp is honestly even like a week done like once we have a week under our belt in training camp i think we'll have a much clearer idea of this um but i would love to see dane jackson get that chance Uh, But I think it's going to be Levi Wallace. I think, Mm. you know, similar to the Cody Ford situation, I think they're going to try and keep giving him chances um, and as many chances as he can get until he really shows that he's not the guy to do it. 
Um, and he's, and he's not a bad cornerback by any means, really. He, he's a great tackling cornerback. Um, people say that he's a good tackling cornerback because he gets burnt all the time. I'd rather have him get burnt and make a tackle than have him get burnt and not make a yeah, tackle. Yeah, right, so, exactly. You know, I guess there's a silver lining <laughs> there. But um, I, and I, and I do want to see, you know, like I said, I want to see Dane Jackson get that opportunity because I think, you know, he's got something, he's got something else in him that Levi doesn't. I think he's got like a, you know, like that gamer mentality. Uh, he's got some type of X, X factor to him where he can ball hawk. He can make the right decisions when game time comes. Mm. And I don't think like, I don't even think the coach, uh, the coaching staff expected him to, you know, come into some games and play as well as, as he did last year. Um, and so I, I think that Dane Jackson's going to, you know, have the best chance to do it if anyone could um, against Levi and People also talk about how Levi hasn't lost a cornerback battle yet. Mm. Um, but who has he really been pushed by? Um, like I washed up Josh Norman and like EJ Gaines or something. So we'll see. I think Dane Jackson is better than both those guys. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think we need a couple more days or weeks of training camp until we uh, really find that out. Yeah, 100%. And I, yeah, like you said, Levi really hasn't been pushed. Both of the guys that you mentioned both struggled with, you know, different sorts of injuries and they were just at – not not their peak of their career, let's just put it that way. They just really were kind of on the decline, both of the guys you mentioned. Dane Jackson's on the 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 uh what's the word? He's ascending, I should say. He he's yeah. going to come about. You know, I think he'll have a spot on this team regardless, obviously. But I just think Dane Jackson, he at least deserves a chance. He's a young kid, he's got that hunger. I, I do think he could potentially be that kid that just steps in and surprises people as he already has. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's one of those low risk. Uh, high reward type of guys. Mm -hmm. and I like that. You know, he, he was undrafted or seventh round. He's just low, low round. Um, and I, I just think that, that that plays into the Bills' favor even more. Um, I think that, you know, if you're if he's not his first, second round guy, there's really nothing to lose on him. So right. if you throw him out there and he plays like crap, then, well, he was undrafted. He mm -hmm. wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't supposed to be that guy. And then we put Levi Wallace in and and I think that's a, that's a serviceable option. So, I don't think it's really a, a, lo a lose-lose or a win-lose situation. I think it's almost a win-win situation uh, for the Bills at cornerback. Yeah, you can figure out what you have in both guys because Levi is actually getting challenged and Dane Jackson's potentially getting the opportunity to see the field. I'm just speaking about the cornerback position, just you know, off on a on a tangent here. I, I, everybody's heard that uh, Xavier Howard wants out of Miami, and I just every time somebody requests a trade. I can't help but think that the Chiefs are going to jump on it. And just yeah. in the back of my mind, they already jumped on Mike Hughes earlier in the offseason from, from the Vikings to try and upgrade the cornerback position. I'm not sure who's out, who else is in the conversation, you know, maybe the Saints or the Cardinals, but I just always have a feeling that the Chiefs are somehow involved because they feel like they're they're just one of those front offices that are always trying to improve in any position at any time. And I, I would truthfully be very not very salty if you know they they went out and got Xavier Howard because I don't think we are in the running because one we're a divisional rival and two we like the guys we have I mean we haven't been in the running for a cornerback for a while now but it just it would just kind of add to the narrative that I've been preaching this entire offseason of watching all these other teams make improvements and we're sitting here just kind of twiddling our thumbs with what we've got. So we'll see we'll see where he goes. I guess I can't make that that statement or can't feel a certain way until we see where he goes, but oh, I I I hear you on that. I mean, I saw some stuff on I saw some stuff on Twitter after he had um said that he wanted to trade. And I saw a tweet saying like that he was going to go to the Chiefs. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, is that true? I know. And I was like, please don't be They're true. always in the conversation for everybody. I, 
I know, and that would be heartbreaking. I'd be, I, I, I'd be pissed about that. Like, I'd be like, that. Okay, now that team's just way too overpowered. Like, who's gonna beat them now? Absolutely. Um, but it's always, I think, scary when one of your division rivals' best players is heading out of your division. Mm-hmm. While it's also a nice thing because your that best player is now leaving a team that you have to play twice. They could go to anybody, and right. now they could make some other team a, a juggernaut and a team that you have to play important games against like the chiefs say yeah. the titans you know teams like that um that come crunch time come playoff time that could make the biggest difference um uh, but it and to 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 be honest i mean like i also said last night on twitter i was like if the bills can get Xavier howard get Xavier howard because mm-hmm. like you know that's just like the type of guy you don't you don't skip out on i think he's gonna ask for way too much money uh he's if he's not going to try and stay in Miami, he's not going to want to come to Buffalo for pennies. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, I no, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I also don't think, you know, just beside for the money as well, I, I think it would require quite the ransom for us to go and get a guy like Xavier Howard from a division rival. From Miami. Miami would never do such exactly. a thing. Yeah. We're, we are, we already have a chokehold on them. <laughs> they don't, they don't want to give an even tighter chokehold on them. So, I think that's all I got on the cornerbacks. What about you? Oh, uh, yeah. I think that's it. I just wanted to throw that in there because we're talking yeah. about cornerbacks. Oh, some big news broke out of nowhere. That dude just suddenly dropped an Instagram post saying he wants the hell out of Miami. That was shocking. I know. And you you don't see top, top honestly, top three players in any position category, like category, uh, you know, wanting out of a pretty decent situation. You know, Miami's yeah. not the worst place for him yeah, to we be. Thought, we thought it was at least, you know. But I, I guess know. We, it's not what everything is perceived on the outside. Exactly. All right. So let's go on to the running back battle. This is our last battle we will talk about. Um, so we got Motor, we got Moss, and we got Brita. What are you thinking here? Um, I think this is going to be a fun one, in all honesty. I think it might probably come down to the most obvious choice, but I think it's going to be fun to see how they compete against each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it is probably more clear cut than we're making it out to be. I think we're just having the conversation for having for the sake of having the conversation just because it's the off season. I do think it'll just end up being the hot hand between Zach and uh, Devin. Um, so, but you know, that is different from what I'd like. I've been also somebody preaching throughout the off season that I think Devin should be the main guy and that's where we're going to get the main production out of our running backs. But nevertheless, I, I will stick with the fact that I do think it'll be a hot hand scenario between Moss and Singletary. Hopefully Brita will get sprinkled in there. We just had that short conversation, but yeah, those are my thoughts as far as the running backs right now. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be Motor Moss 1-2, 1A, 1B, kind of the way they ran it last year, you know, kind of sharing carries. I think that could work well if we had the right blocking scheme and had the, you know, the continuity we were talking about. Um, So if we can have that, and I think then the running game can work, actually. Um, And then if we can sprinkle in Matt Breida on, like, like slip screen type plays, um, screen passes, uh, like swings, stuff to get him out around the edge just to use his speed. Uh, because we haven't had a running back like that in a minute. Um, and, you know, that that would just be awesome to see Brita kind of contributing in that way. Um, I think that's kind of like his going to be his staple with uh, mm-hmm. with Buffalo. I don't think he's really got much of a chance to be uh, RB1 or RB2. But I think that he's got the best chance to make that RB3 role, which is going to be, I think, crucial to like third down plays, um, longer distance third downs where they can kind of just pull all the the uh offensive linemen get him out in space and just hope there's a wall for him to run behind and hopefully there's 
some open space for him to break through because if you can get him into open space, it's basically wraps for the defense. Yeah, absolutely. It's, he was part of that that dangerous trio or duo or whatever it was with San Francisco a couple of years ago. I mean, him and Mostert, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's some speed that you you're gonna have a hard time keeping up with, and just one of them in the backfield is dangerous enough. But having two of them. That's oh, a luxury, nice. and it, it would just be nice. It, it's nice to have a guy like that. We we really don't have that speed factor, and that's what we brought him in for. So hopefully we actually freaking utilize the guy, and we don't just kind of throw him in the back seat and forget about him. Yeah, I mean, so they dropped uh, running back uh, Madden stats today, and one and two were Mostert was yep. one, and two was Matt Breida. I so, love using Matt Breida in Madden. I always yeah, do. yeah, so fast. Dude, all those fast running backs are always so fa- uh, fun to use. but um. I mean, honestly, on the topic of Madden, you play Madden, right? Yes, of course. Unfortunately, yes. honestly. Well, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> not, not the best game, but um, <laughs> what uh, what do you think of like the you know the Stefan Diggs uh, rating? I think he got a ninety-seven. He did. Oh man, I can't remember who they put. They put Hopkins and Adams in front of him. I think they put Tyreek Hill under him, which I was a bit shocked to see, just because of how valued speed is in Madden. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it was worthy. I think I don't think they disrespected him at all. It will be interesting to see where they rate Josh. Um, yeah, I thought I was Josh. Was, that too. <laughs> I, I thought Josh last season. You know, if we figured out anything going into last season, it was that he can move like he's fast. I always felt like Josh Allen didn't get that justice he he should have gotten in terms of how fast he is. I really felt like he felt a little sluggish. Like I mean, I'm not saying the dude runs a four two, but you know, I think he's up there in terms of faster quarterbacks and I feel like they've always done him dirty so maybe yeah. this year you know he'll have the arm t- I mean he's got the the throw power we all know that hopefully they'll make him a little bit faster because I think that's something that he absolutely deserves oh 100 percent. I mean he's easily one of the best running quarterbacks in the league and he's got better touchdown numbers than some running backs mm-hmm. yeah I know uh, <laughs> you, would think, you would think they'd give him some justice on the ground yeah and I think I, uh, I put out a tweet a couple of days ago, like saying like over under 94 for Josh Allen in Madden 22. Um, and a lot of people were saying under uh, because I think that they just think that EA is going to kind of fuck over Josh once again. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of totally agree with that. I think they'll probably give him like a 92 or a 93. Um, yeah. And I think that, I don't know if it would be, I don't know. I think I, I, I kind of hope he's like a 95, but I don't think that's very, um, I can't, I don't, I don't think I can trust EA to do that. Yeah. Me either. It, it's, I don't know. I, I've always kind of been skeptical of how EA does their different kinds of ratings. Like, for example, they have – I think that – which is a little nuts in my opinion. They have Josh Jacobs over Ezekiel Elliott this year. I understand Zeke kind of struggled, but, you know, they just do little things like that that kind of make you scratch your head. Yeah. I, I would also say under. That might sound crazy. You might think that Josh Jacobs deserves more than Zeke. I don't know. It, I don't know. It, it definitely is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so – Let's go into our last segment of the show. Uh, we will do who's your dark horse. And by this, I mean, who is your dark horse to come out of training camp and make this roster um, can be anybody. That's kind of like one of those fringe players that might, might make the roster might not make the roster. So uh, who's your dark horse? Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's really tough. I, I don't know if I truly have a dark horse for somebody that I think will make the roster that's on the fence but for somebody that i want to make the roster i think that's absolutely antonio williams um i think he i mean i think all bills mafia could agree with the fact that he deserves a chance i feel like we have four running backs in our running back room that uh, deserve a chance (laughs) and obviously not all of them are going to get it 
but specifically Antonio Williams. I, I truly think he showed enough in that single game he played last season, you know, to make you think that he actually could be a relatively usable running back in the NFL. But uh, yeah, that's that's probably probably not going to happen. But as far as who I want to be the dark horse, it, it'll be Antonio Williams. Yeah, and I love that one because I mean it's almost a shame that I couldn't even talk about him in the running back battle because mm. I I really don't think he's got even much of a chance. I think he'll probably make the practice squad. Um, but with with Motor Moss and Breda, he's got you know kind of a a tough wall ahead of him. Uh, but he's he's got so much talent. I think he's a you know a, he he can be used multifaceted. Uh, he he was he won special teams awards while he was at UNC, um, so they could put him on special teams and kind of get like you know, a, a, another use out of him other than kind of just sticking him on the, uh, on the bench at running back. So, you know, it's possible that he could, um, for those reasons. Uh, but I do like that pick, but, uh, my dark horse is, it's, it's gotta be FA Obata for me. I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited about this guy. I, I kind of just, I, I guess it might be more of a want for me. Just like you said, I just want to see him get his chance, um, with this team. And I think that I think him across from from Jerry Hughes, um, along with you know Star and Ed Oliver, could be pretty scary. I mean, FA Obad is a beast. I think I'm sure you've seen like the uh, workout videos from him. Yeah, dude's humongous. Literally, like doing pull ups with a massive like truck chain on him and like <laughs> pulling half of his body over the bar. It's like it's just insane what he can do with his with his strength. Um, and he's and he's tall and he's quick and uh, he had a solid season with Carolina. So I, you know, I, I think there's, there's kind of, you know, there's stuff to be said about FA Obata. He's, you know, there, there's a lot of DNs on this team that could make the, the team. Um, so it's going to be kind of a tough climb for him. And, you know, you might have to drop Mario Addison. Um, I think Jerry Hughes is a lock to make this team, but Mario Addison kind of on the fence. I think he could mm-hmm. potentially go and FA Obata could come in and swing in for him. Um, but that's definitely my dark horse. Uh, maybe someone I just want to see on the field. Uh, but I, I, I kind of just love I love his path to the game, too. Uh, so F.A. about his mind. Yeah, I, I like that one as well. It, it It's one of those things where you mentioned, you know, Mario Addison being on the fence. Uh, I think we saw the best from Mario Addison that we're going to get last season, which was next to kind of nothing. So I, I truly think, you know, why not just offer the opportunity to F.A. Obata, see what he's got, because I think we we probably saw the ceiling for for Addison last season as far as what he's going to offer. So why not just, you know, you know, throw the dice one time and, you know, give F.A. Obata that opportunity because I, I do think he's he probably also hungrier. I think Mario Addison's on the decline. He's the, you know, second half of his career here, you know. I, I Not that he's not hungry, but, you know, other guys that are really fighting for roster spots, it's just, you know, how things roll. They're just naturally hungry. They're just naturally, you know, just ready to go out there and get something done just more than some other guys that are, quote, unquote, established. So just, you know, something that I wish the, the Bills would do every once in a while is kind of roll the dice on a guy, which – Oh, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but just something that's probably wouldn't be in the Bills' interest for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it would probably be a dice roll because you are cutting somebody you signed for a pretty decent amount of money. Um, but I think that it's definitely worth worth a shot. So, all right, so yeah, that's all I got for you, uh, Caveman. You got anything else? Um, no, I think that's uh, all I got. I mean, if you want to branch off on some other topics i'm sure we can do that i mean I, our group chat's been kind of bouncing off the wall with this aaron Rodgers drama oh today. yeah man I, I was gonna say i i feel like i had something in my head it's gotta be the aaron Rodgers. Yeah, talk. What, what's your what's your stance <laughs> tell me talk to me uh definitely siding with rogers more than the packers uh simply because you know how do you how do you screw up a relationship with a hall of fame quarterback you know i think that's it's kind of hard to do 
you know, I mean, they gave him the opportunity originally. So Aaron Rodgers had no reason to have ill will toward them. And then, you know, obviously things have added up over the, over the years. So I definitely do side with Rodgers. I, I think how he feels is justified. But on the other hand, I do feel like he's been a little bit dramatic about it. He's kind of made it into like this, like almost like a TV show drama, like atmosphere. He's like on national television golfing. And he's like, maybe I'll be with the Packers next. Like he's just making tiny comments. And you know, he knew the whole time. Yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. So he, he's kind of been a, a bit dramatic about it and kind of stirred the pot more than I feel like he should have. But I do think he's justified in his reasoning for how he feels. I think he is too. Um, you know, I, I would say I'd have to side side with Rodgers, you know, a little bit. I don't really like the way that he's going about it. Like you said, you know, kind of make it a scene about it. The way he, the way he talked about Green Bay today was like, you know, kind of disrespectful to like the, honestly, disrespectful to the city. You know, he was basically saying, you know, Green Bay's no vacation spot. They're all coming to play with me. That's basically yeah. what he said. Yeah. And it's just like, you could probably have left that out. You know, like the poor mm. people that have grown up and have <laughs> have like, you know, been Green Bay Packers fans all their lives looking <laughs> up to this guy. And now he's like crafting all over their city. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's just tough. Um, but he he's got a a valid reason to be uh you know, to be upset with the organization to to potentially have wanted out of that situation. Um, you know, he does have Devontae Adams, who's the best wide receiver in the league, arguably. Um, but other than that, you know, he and I don't think that he has much of a say in in like the the secondary wide receivers and the the other weapons that are around him. Um, you know, they, he definitely didn't have a say in what happened in the draft because they took a defender. Um, and like, what what is that really going to do for a quarterback that wants out? So I think that Aaron Rodgers is definitely justified. Um, the way he went about it, not my favorite, but justified. I would agree, and it's. I just almost feel like the Packers, I think the Packers not only screwed up in the sense that they, they kind of botched their relationship with Aaron Rodgers, but you know, if I was running the Packers, I definitely would have moved him this off season just because, you know, they haven't won since 2011, right? They haven't even made it to the Super Bowl since that year. You know, they've had four different opportunities outside of that year to make it. They just haven't been able to get the job done. So what makes them think that, this year is going to be any different. They couldn't beat Tampa Bay last season when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers spent three-fourths of the season getting on the same page. They were relatively struggling a lot of the time, and then Aaron Rodgers, you know, got to meet his maker in the, the NFC Championship game. So, you know, I think they're just hanging on to false hope. I think they could have, you know, traded him for quite a mother load this offseason, rebuilt while Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dominated the NFC. And then by the time Tom Brady is on his way out, you have that young team that you've been developing for a few years now, and you're up and coming, geared up for another decade-long run. I think they really just sold an opportunity that they won't be able to get back. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I think that you know that that would have set them up way better for the future. And I think that you know Green Bay hasn't really had to deal with setting up for the future in a long, long time because uh, they went seamlessly from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and you know the teams don't usually do that. So. I think that maybe they might just be a little bit timid. They don't really know what the whole process is like. And the fact that their star uh, quarterback wanted out kind of maybe scared him back into their hole and was like, mm -hmm. okay, no, we got to keep this guy. We got to keep this guy. We got to do whatever. Uh, maybe just, you know, <laughs> maybe honestly, the only way to do it is to stay quiet, not make any moves and hope he comes back. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's kind of the approach that they took and it, it definitely could have not worked out for him, but I think that it did and it's going to work out for him this year, but you know, down the road, I think they're going to be in some 
pretty big trouble and they're going to once be in QB purgatory. Uh, they haven't had to do that in a long, long time. You know, they went from Bart Starr to like a 10 year break and then to Brett Favre and then to Aaron Rodgers. So like they've always had good quarterbacks. Yeah. I think they, I think they approached the situation, you know, I think they did kind of scramble. I think they, did eventually realize like okay wait this guy's not joking like we probably should do something and i think they they took a path that was going to help them in the short term but as far as the long term it's it's not the best thing for them i i don't see aaron Rodgers returning to the packers after the season i mean the dude won mvp and they he went to the nfc championship last season and he still wanted i think he'd rather die than play for the packers at some point yeah. in the offseason like that's how he made it seem at least and, it's, it still seems like that, though. Like the yeah. way that his press conference went, it just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. So yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's just part of his attitude. I I've always felt like there was like what a couple days span where I don't know if you heard where the uh, the Vegas sports books took down the uh, over under for the win losses for uh or for the I, wins for the Packers. I didn't see that. No. No. Well, yeah. Sometime last week, I think it was. Um, all the Vegas sports books took down the over under for wins for the Packers because they got they got tipped off that Aaron Rodgers is seriously considering retirement, and uh, you know I think that might have been something that scared maybe that was something that scared the Packers because he just gives off this vibe like he just does not give a shit he's just he's just playing at this point in his career because he knows he's good at it you know I feel like he just yeah. gives off that vibe like he's he's not out there jumping in circles just like you know hyping everybody up he's just there throwing the ball he's just like whatever, man, you know, and I think the Packers realize that and they're like, okay, short-term solution time. And this is, this is where we are now. Yeah. I, he's a very, he's a very nonchalant MVP. You know, he's not, yeah. I think he's, you know, he's not like the prototypical leader that you'd want uh, leading your locker room like Josh Allen is because he's <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's a very funny situation over there. What do you think about them bringing in Randall Cobb? Uh, yeah, that's just so weird. I mean, what, I don't know what to expect from Randall Cobb. I was thinking about when I saw that trade officially happen today, because I have a fantasy draft tomorrow, funny enough. And I was like, you know, come that 14th, 15th round, you don't know what, who the hell to take at that point. I'm thinking to myself, Randall Cobb will most likely be on the board. And just for some reason, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to want to just rekindle that connection. And maybe he'll just be somebody that I'll, I'll take a flyer on just because yeah, for nostalgia's sake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never know. Maybe that'll be just some dark horse guy, but it, it's an interesting move. I think it's, you know, just another one of those things that the Packers are doing. Obviously they're doing just to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I think it's yeah. something that might be a little overboard, but you know, it's another conversation as well. I was thinking it was kind of a comfort move for uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of just, you know, throw him a bone, give him something, head into the training camp and uh, see where that takes him. But yeah, it'll yeah, be that, an interesting off season or interesting season. I should say with Randall Cobb thrown into that mix. And I, I, Devontae Adams is making it seem like he's not set in stone for sure. Coming back either. Now he's playing hard to get. So yeah. he'll end up there. You know, I'm more than confident that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers wide receiver, but He's playing hard to get as well. Nobody seems to like the Packers front office. No, yeah, it, it seems like Devontae Adams was going to kind of just do whatever Rodgers was going to do. Right, that's um, what he made it seem like at first, at least. Did you see how they posted uh, the same Instagram story? Yeah, the the last the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen yeah. thing. Yeah, and and now he's acting like he's not going to return to the Packers if they don't pay him as much. It's like even yeah. don't <laughs> give you if they offer you second wide receiver money, buddy. You know you're probably going to come back anyway. Like, come yeah. on. Absolutely. They, they like to, you know, make a little, uh, make a little noise before the season starts. Absolutely. The season starts, it's all, all yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. Uh, anything else, man? 
Uh, I think I think that's all. I think we've covered nearly everything that's been going on. Right? I think so too. We didn't talk any Vikings football today, though. No, we didn't. <laughs> I know, right? That that was a coincidence. I never, I didn't even realize it until you mentioned it when we were recording it. I know. What was it like? Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, Justin Jefferson, everything. <laughs> I know, literally everything Vikings. It was that was a funny coincidence. That was fun though. Uh, I'll have to hop back on the YouTube channel though with you. Um, thank you for coming on. This has been a blast. I love talking Bills with you. Uh, tell them one more time where they can find you. Oh, yeah, of course. I first want to say I appreciate you having me on. This was a blast. It's always fun to talk football, especially with you, Eli. This was a great time. Um, once again, you can find me on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel. On Wednesdays, I do a live show at 8 o'clock p.m., and I also do a pre-recorded video that usually releases around 2 p.m. And you can, of course, find me on my personal channel as well, just The Caveman on YouTube, if you want to check me out. But be sure you're always listening to Eli's podcast as well. Well, thank you, Caveman. And Take it from him. Take it from me. Caveman's the goat. Uh, he, he pushes out great content. So definitely be sure to check him out. Um, but that's all we got for you guys. Uh, and as always, the way we end this podcast is with a go Bills. So let me hear it from you. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Let's go. See you guys later. The information in here is worth millions. This has been All Day Buffalo with your host, Eli Fox. Every Saturday, only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. We get chased and throwing. Oh. And it is. Oh, God! That's Stefan Diggs. The sliding grab for the touchdown.